so yeah, getting right into this thing, uh, your message on your channel is to aspire people to become their own spiritual master. <clears throat> How would you define what a spiritual master is? Okay, with this being 2022, we have to bring things to a present context. When you hear of masters in the old, you may probably think of, you know, someone of Asian descent that may be of elder, like an elder age or something like that. Yeah. But in a modern day, a master just means you're in full control of yourself. That's just a simple definition. You're in control of yourself. So spiritual mastery means you're in control of your spirituality. You don't listen to another or you don't let another person be totally responsible for your spirituality. When most people listen to this, they're probably of a spiritual path or metaphysical or an occult path as, a, as opposed to maybe like a religious path. And we'll say that people in a religious past more so follow a man, mainly a minister or preacher, where when you're on the spiritual path, then furthermore, when you're on the path of spiritual mastery, you view yourself as your authority as, as it relates to your spiritual growth. So simply put, it means being fully responsible for your spirituality. I like that. That's like the oldest message in the book to know thyself, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I'm saying. I'm bringing something that has been taught for ages. But from my experience, I've been in this metaphysical, spiritual, occult realm for over 15 years now, and I'm in my mid 40s. And what I've noticed is it's starting to get further and further away from people viewing themselves as their own master. With the, with the advent of technology and the internet and YouTube, which a lot of people find me by way of YouTube, so I'm not knocking it. But because people are given a voice through social media also, there's so many people that are leading others astray, in my opinion. And they're making it where they feel like they need to follow a human being. And I'm always here to tell people, if you're following me for X amount of years and you still feel like a follower and you don't view yourself as a master, then I may not be the person that resonates with you. At the end of the day, even if it includes me, it should include me, you should rely on yourself. But with more and more people getting into this realm, more and more people are becoming popular and people just want to follow people nowadays. It's all yeah. in a contest of social media. Follow me, connect with me, follow me, follow me, follow me. That is a subconscious imprint that allows humans to depend on another human being. And from my perspective, that's not what I come down here for. So I'll be the, walk the, the path of probably the most resistance and maybe the more lonely path. But from my studies, from my experience and the people that I connect with, it's probably the most beneficial and the spiritual path when you view yourself as your own master. Mm. Well said. Would you say like a, a true teacher slash guru slash master that you have doesn't say surrender to me. It's more so of like uh, it, it shows they kind of like know you or point you in the direction of yourself rather than to, you know, your inward idol rather than to an outward idol. Once again, from my experience, that has been, you know, on point. Yeah. And I always say that we have many different lifetimes. So I do my best not to pass judgment on a person in just one single lifetime because I don't know their karmic retribution. I don't know. I don't know anything about them on the soul level, per yeah. se. So it's I think it's erroneous of me to be like, OK, this person is they have no chance and they're they're doomed, you know, for lack of better words or whatever, you know. But mm -hmm. from my studies. All the masters, all the gurus of antiquity, all the high civilizations, they've always said, man, know thyself. Know yourself and you'll know the gods. It's been repeated throughout antiquity. But like I said, in this day and age, most people are rather post it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram than live it, in my opinion. Mm. You know, so I have to be true to myself. It resonates with me. From me sharing my information and sharing my philosophy, it resonates with others. So I know my voice is needed. And like I said, when I look and observe, you know, people in the metaphysical community, it's not too many people saying, be your own master and be your own guru. They're trying to attract followers and like, you know, people like that. And, yeah. you know, frankly, I didn't come down here to be popular or create a huge following. That's not what I came down here for. I consider myself a throwback teacher where I'm, like you said, I'm pointing people. I'm saying, go over there, not telling you what to look for, just point you towards yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I like that. Why do you think that is? Like, what is it because we're conditioned? Like our world is just conditioned to uh, 
have us just be so into the outside world and not in the inside. Like at a young age, we were never really taught to go inside ourselves and figure out what we are and really ask the right questions. So do you think that's it? It's just like we kind of have to decondition ourselves to condition ourselves into knowing thyself? Well, it's always been a popularity contest in this reality. But like I said, with social media, it's more in the forefront. I don't know how old you are, but I'm old enough to remember before there were cell phones and everybody had the computer in their hands. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember a time before that. But when you look at people now, when they interact, and once again, I learned a lot by just observing humanity, just observing people. And when you view people, they can be in a gathering. They, they can met for the first time or see every see each other not too often, but when they're in each other's presence, everyone's in their device. Yeah. Everyone is in their phone. Not everyone, but it's a good majority of it, you know? And like I said, it's a conditioning where people are seeking validation, follow me, like me. And that carries over to real life where people, and from what I can tell, they don't feel confident within themselves because women are seeing people on internet that are quote unquote beautiful and flawless. Men are seeing people that are you know, rolling in dough, they're showing you all their best angles, showing you all their, their riches and stuff like that. But that's not reality. So yeah. we're comparing our real lives to fake people. You know what I mean? And this yeah. world is becoming increasingly fake. So yeah. I think that carryover from social media has directly related to how we interact on a social level. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that. I believe that too. It's a sickness. It's almost like a form of psychosis. Absolutely. And then when you, I mean, once you understand you know, the endorphins and just the hormones that, oh, I got that like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, like I've literally heard people said, I, I'll, I'll be okay if, as long as I get 100 likes on this. <laughs> I will be okay as long as I get 100 likes on this. Yeah. And with me being on a spiritual path, I was on a spiritual path before I became a quote unquote teacher. I'll consider myself a master student, not a master teacher. I just happened to grow on my path where the spirit allowed me to share with other people. I don't view myself as a teacher, guru, or guide or whatever. But once I became public and started talking about this in public, I told myself I would not, I would not be married to the results. I would not be married to followers. I would not be married to lights. I would not change the way I am based on the outcome or some sort of some sort of reward system that has nothing to do with my spirituality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a lesson in the back of Agita too. Don't be uh don't be so attached to the outcome. Once again, these things are said, they're tweeted. If you look up posts, they're quoted often, but you don't see too many people actually living it based on my observation. Yeah, I agree. Do you think we're all capable of, of actually living it? I believe we all have the capacity and the capability, but I don't, like I said, I understand that we have many different lifetimes. So I can't say that the majority of humanity is going to turn on a light switch, so to speak, in this lifetime. But yeah. we all have that capacity and capability. Even if there's a person, and this may be sensitive, say like a child molester, on a soul level, they still have a chance to reach enlightenment. Mm. And that may be challenging for people to really view that. But just think about the things you've done as a human. Think about the things that you've done that you didn't get caught by the law doing. We've all broken laws. We've all cheated. We've all lied. We've all stole. We've all done something where there is a direct um, consequence in this reality. We all have. Yeah. And when you study the greats, they all have had a quote unquote dark past. So if that, if that, that shows you right there that every human has the capacity to grow. Every human has a capacity to change and evolve. But like I said, because we have many lifetimes on a subconscious level, I believe most people kind of go in idle mode and really don't take it serious. I tell my true students all the time, this ain't a joke. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, once you get on your path, you like when Buddha reached enlightenment, he sat back and laughed. So you never see a true master all uptight and stuff. They're laughing, having fun. But you have to go through the pain in order to get there. A lot of people don't want to go through that pain, that dark night of the soul, the, the crux, whatever you want to call it. Most people avoid that darkness within themselves in order to attain that light. You feel me? So, yeah. so it's, it's easy to numb yourself, to distract yourself. That's the easy part. The hard part is to turn all this bull crap off, turn the lights off and meditate and go within yourself and see the true darkness that lies within you and make peace with it yeah, and stop yeah. blaming other people. 
That's mad difficult. That's why most people don't do it. Yeah. Well said, man. What do you think catalyzes people onto the path? You know, is it like trauma? Is it a certain experience? I mean, what was it for you? Like what got you onto the path that, you know, led you here in front of the camera on the microphone? Most people usually have a question. Why, what, where, why, why, what, where, when, and how? Usually starts with a question. And as you know, once you ask a question to the universe, the universe guide you to an answer. So for me, it was an event, um, make it a long story short. Our oldest son, we have three children, our oldest being 21. He was born with what's called atopic dermatitis, which is commonly known as eczema. Um, him and the wife and him and the wife went to the dermatologist. Long story short, they um came back and the dermatologist just wouldn't help him. For whatever reason, I don't want to get into it, just didn't want to help my son. At that time, he was on hundreds of dollars worth of medicine, and we had insurance at the time. And he had all these spots on his skin that was just like what we call itchy patches, but they were just infected. And it was just, you know, just messed up skin based on the, on the eczema. I don't want to get too descriptive. I'm sure you get my point. Yeah. But my spirit told me that there was a way to alleviate the helm of that. And I was guided to alkalizing his blood. So we went on a juice fast and then changed the diet over time. It took months, probably like nine months, but all the spots on his skin started slowly disappearing. I had before pictures and after pictures. So I'm sitting here like I'm a college dropout. I grew up in a neighborhood. You know, what I mean, I went to public school. I drank tap water. I got vaccinated as a kid. But yet my spirit was telling me that there was a way to alleviate the suffering from my child. That opened my eyes to a bunch of things. Let's just say that. Wow. So there was something, there was another almost like messenger inside of you that said there's another way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And at the time, I was studying a lot of conspiracy theories, you mm -hmm. know, and I always say it's not a conspiracy theory if it's true. But I was looking for a lot of things that were wrong with this planet. <laughs> and if you know, if you look in that box, they call it the rabbit hole for a reason. You, it would never suffice your curiosity. I'm a very curious uh, being. So when that piqued my interest, you know, so when I found out that the, the powers that were were hiding this, that aliens had a presence that, you know, what I mean, all these cover ups and yeah. all these megaliths and monoliths and, oh, there's more pyramids in South America than there are. And, you know, what I mean, just all these different things. I was like, wow, you know, why weren't we taught this in school? Yeah. You know, and that's all I did. I spent all my time researching all the things that were cover up and the things that they weren't telling us. And then one day the spirit clearly told me you can continue researching things that are wrong with this planet, or you can use the information and change your life for the better. From that day on, I made sure everything I studied was something I can apply that was applicable, that was practical. I've had many supernatural, many mystical, many spiritual experiences, if you want to call it like that. But I do my best to keep that under a wrap because being as old as I am, I realized that a lot of people haven't had a lot of the experiences I've had, you know? So what, so what I feel is responsible for me not to share and disclose so much, because I don't want people comparing their lives to mine and feeling like they're not spiritual enough because they haven't interacted with extraterrestrials and stuff like that. That doesn't mean anything, you know? Yeah, yeah I get it for sure. I, I like how you said you got curious, because I think that's where it all starts. It's just, uh, just a little bit of curiosity to, you know, say like, what is this? Who am I? Like just simply asking some questions because I don't think, you know, I'm not judging people, but from observation, like you said, I don't think our society, our people uh, that we live amongst uh, ask enough questions about the world that we live in. And if you do start to ask the, the right questions, uh, you start to go down the rabbit hole, like you said. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of where it starts, man. It's just, it's just like this, uh, the biggest question you can ask is, you know, who am I or what am I? And that is like, you know, maybe an unanswerable question, to be honest. But I think that's where it started for me is I said, wait, wait, wait hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to get rid of my conditions of school and the news and social media and really go within and ask that question. Like, who who am I? Like, what is this? Like, what truly is this? And I'm still asking that question. It's not it's yeah. not like I've answered that. But I think if we were to stop if our society could somehow get on that paradigm our world could get on that whole entire paradigm of just saying wait a second who am i what am i what is this what's really going on then i think we'll truly change i really think that's where change comes from is this 
not taking the answers from the television screen or your teacher or whatever it is from some other external source and really going within and finding your internal internal source of uh, of truth i guess you could say and yeah man i think that's the, the new wave the new paradigm that we're kind of moving toward maybe not everybody but there's a you know there's a, a good select people uh that are on that wavelength and it's thanks to people like you that are on that have been through the been through the uh, dark night of the soul i guess you could say and been through your own struggles and being open with it and uh you know sharing open sharing your authentic uh i don't know what's uh, authentic insights from the journey mm-hmm. and yeah even though like you're not people aren't might not meet aliens but it's still it's good to know that how do i put this even though they might not have the same experience as you it's good it's just like showing your authentic self there's something about that like the energy like there's something about like just putting your story out there even though it's not your what am i trying to say like you don't have to share your whole story but you're sharing your insights from the story and then i think people can pick up on that if that's authentic or not there's something about like the energy when in a, in a good teacher, you can kind of just feel it in a good mm-hmm. teacher, like if they're if they're if they're bullshitting or not, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, you can, mm-hmm. I, you can tell that it's it starts with curiosity. And then you go through asking the questions, you get on the path, and then you share maybe if you want share things from the path, and then hopefully help others. I think that's what it is, you go through this journey, you go through this, uh, this, the, this path of self realization. And then I think you become almost, you know, the Bodhisattva story. You kind of you help others along the way because you realize that uh, you are the others. <laughs> you know, uh, I think along the way you kind of realize that. Wait a second, you know, I am helping myself, but at the same time, I gotta serve others in a certain way and give back in a certain way to the best of my ability. But at the same time, I'm serving myself. Uh, and yeah, and thankfully we have the internet to be able to do that. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. You can either get sucked into the the noise of the internet and TikTok and Facebook and social media and NBC and CBS, or you can use it effectively. Like the, the time we're living in, you can use it effectively to really, you can really become the, the master. If you really want to, you can become the master. It's a beautiful time, but you can also become like the opposite of the master. You can become the serf. <laughs> you can become, you know, almost like the slave, you know, the mental slave to the technology that we live in. It's a it's a time of great polarity with the technology that we have. It's up yeah, to us. Yeah, we're definitely at a crossroad, I believe, on yeah. this planet. Definitely at a crossroad. Yeah, man. Interesting time to be alive. Yeah, we signed up for this, though. You know, we we yeah. all signed up for this. I I truly believe, based on my own experience and based on you know the grace I've studied, that we we sort of orchestrate our path before we come here. You know, it's a very popular metaphysical concept. I I truly believe that, you know, is true, you know, based on my experience. So we signed up for this. So I did. So even though I would say things like, um, you know, certain just certain things I feel at the end of the day, this is all a movie anyway. Once (laughs) Once you leave and the way I the way I like to describe it is like when you leave the movie, like you can really feel like you were part of that character's. You witnessed something from that character. Like you're there, like oh, 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 jump, oh, get out of the way, oh, he's in the closet. You can feel like you're in there. Like when you leave the movie, you can still feel it a little bit. Yeah. But once you get in the car, once you get back home, you're like, that was a movie. That's the same thing we're gonna do when we drop this flesh, this flesh suit. We're gonna look back and view this like, oh, that was a pretty cool movie, you yeah. know? Yeah. Hmm. It's like a movie. It's just like we have to learn something, though. Doesn't it feel like that? Like we're here to, it's not just to view the movie and just some entertainment. It's like we're here to like to grow and learn something from this movie. Every movie, they're, they're called teaching movies. That's why a lot of people like to watch Disney flicks, animated, because you don't, you don't suspect that you're going to get like metaphysical jewels and gems in cartoons, but they put a lot of the, the real juicy stuff in cartoons. But The Matrix, that movie is referenced all the time. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of Avatar. There's a lot of movie Inception, Limitless, Lucy. There's a lot of movies that teach us that we're inspired by pursuit of happiness. You know, you know, we view it and it changes our reality, just like a good book. That's why movies are based off a book. Yeah. So, yeah, at the end of the day, you're here to learn, grow, become enlightened. 
you know, and that is one of the catalysts. I, I believe there's a lot of spirits and a lot of beings that work with these writers in these movies in order to put some information through. I believe that. Yeah. It's probably unconscious too. It's not like they're like literally like with them in the room. <laughs> it's like straight it's unconscious. Yeah. They're straight unconscious. That's why people said that they're writing and it feels like it's flowing through them. Yep. What's flowing through them? Where's where's the what's the source of the information that's transmitting through them? Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. <sighs> yeah. And that's what this life is, man. It's like there's something that's being channeled here for the greater reality that is unfathomable that it goes beyond logic goes beyond rationale but there is something going on man there's something going on in this human incarnation in this very peculiar time that we live in and if you tap into yourself enough you'll realize that there's something there's something man like there's something going on and it's it's not like you said you have to take it seriously uh you have to like i don't know well it's, it's like you have to take it seriously but at the same time there's like also an unseriousness about it but you have to, but there's certain, once you get on the path, in my experience, at least, you start to take certain things seriously. Like the th- things that you thought were serious before aren't so serious, but then there's certain mm-hmm. aspects that you do start to take seriously. And then, yeah, from there, you just keep going. And that's, that's the path. That's the journey. You start to unfold even more and more, but yeah, you start to realize that there's something something going on there's something that you should pay attention to it's yourself you should start to pay attention to how you react to things you know how how am i going to treat other people how am i going to treat myself what's my energetic diet what's my actual diet it's all these like almost split second decisions like in the moment decisions that you get better with on the path and that's what i think it's about it's like we're born these faulty beings I mean, we're all born pure, but we're like conditioned to be faulty, I guess you could say, like just, just, you know, egotistical. But I think the path is slowly purifying ourselves to become this, uh, I guess you could say, perfect being, even though it's not the right terminology, but it's like this, this better being. And it's not just in this lifetime. It's like you're over lifetimes, you're learning this lesson to better yourself and better yourself and you keep going and you're going. And then I guess eventually you reach almost like this like pinnacle point of perfect pure beingness i don't know that's what resonates in me it seems like you just we go through our samskaras as they say you know we, we just keep going and we have to reap our karma in all of these lifetimes until we become the buddha <laughs> we all are the buddha essentially and it just uh it takes time it takes a lot of time it takes lifetimes to go through but once you get that taste yep. of it it's like it doesn't leave you right at least for me it seems like i could never live i could never go back per se i could never live another way i could never go back into the matrix and take the blue pill you know once you take the red pill there's no going back as neo said that's kind of how that's a great metaphor for how this whole you know self-realization thing is it's like you can't go back after that you kind of see through the illusion of maya you see the facade that most of the society is living under and it's just like it's just kind of like gross it's like oh i can't no it's like i don't you still have to live with it and still be with it in the world you know in the illusion of maya in this movie but there's like that other perspective that other viewpoint that one can always hold in the back of their head to know that there's something else going on (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah yeah, I, I believe I believe it's just um different states and levels of consciousness. Because you as a person at this point, you are no different. This is one lifetime, and your okay. consciousness is different at this point than say 10, 15 years ago. What makes you different today than 10, 15 years ago? It's your level of consciousness, your awareness. You view things differently. So I'm I'm a, I'm probably challenge certain people, you know, watching this or whatever, but just imagine you viewing this as a god or as the creator. Literally looking down and watching all your children, all your creation, however you want to put it, look at them destroying and destructing things. How can this being view something that's going on in this planet? We are saying that it's great murder, pillage, all kinds of things. There's wars going on, possible on the brink of third war, world war, war 
So all kinds of things going on. How can a creator, how can a being, how can a highly evolved beings, whatever language you want to put at them, how can they view this and look at it and not just come here and say, you know what? Enough is enough. How can they do that? It's because they're not viewing it from a human intellect. The same way how when you think about why would I choose these parents? You're not doing it from your human intellect that you would choose a mom who's abusive or a father who is not in your life. You're not choosing that from your human rationale. Mm -hmm. you're, you're choosing that from a higher aspect of yourself. So I believe like I can see everything that's going on in this planet. And once again, I'm not emotionally moved by it because from my perspective, I don't view it as a human. Yeah. Cause when you view reality as a human, you're going to be pissed off every day if you want to. <laughs> mm -hmm. But when you view things as a God, you view things unemotionally and you view it as a, as this is just a chapter in a book. This yeah. is just a part in the movie. This is just a split second in a movie of this planet has been on here for billions of billions of years. This is a small fraction of that. And there's always been war pill. It's always been this kind of destruction on this planet. It's all he has is, you know, I mean, there's been pockets of highly evolved beings like the Atlantis and Mayans and the ancient Kimites and the Greeks and stuff. There's always been pockets of people who are evolved. But even within that, there were still what you would call, you know, uh, regular human beings going about a human existence or whatever. So I yeah. believe it's all about changing your consciousness or raising your consciousness. That's what enlightenment is. You're letting light in. So you're viewing things from a lit perspective. You're not viewing things from a dark perspective, per se. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The God perspective. I like that. That's good. Absolutely. That's God realization. When you are, when you see no separation between yourself and that, and your creator, like I said, what would make the beings not come down here and just wipe this whole project out? Screw all this. Let's just wipe it out. Why don't they do that? <laughs> yeah these are just questions i'm not saying and these are just questions yeah yeah i, I asked the same questions too i'm like yeah what there's it's gotta be there's something wrong here obviously <laughs> it must not be as real as what people think it is yeah quantum mechanics would tell you the observer effect and all these different theories and experiments that this reality isn't real and i think that's the really the biggest punchline that people don't get I tell people your dreams are more real than this reality. Have you ever had a dream that seemed so real when you woke up, you thought you were falling asleep? <laughs> a dream so real when you woke up, you thought you were falling asleep. That's yeah. Wow. Or study near death experiencers where they said that they were in the light, quote unquote, I'm with my loved ones and I didn't want to come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they felt that reality was more real than this reality. Or people are taking DMT or shrooms or something like that. Mm -hmm. They feel like that reality is more real than this reality. You put all that together, this is an illusion. That's why when you see things, you see it upside down. Your brain has to make it right side up. Oh, yeah. This is a light show. This is illusionary. That's the mm -hmm. part that misses and eludes most humans. This is not real. <laughs> Damn. It only yeah. feels real. Like a good, like if you're a teenager, you had a wet dream. That felt very real till you woke up. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. Yeah, that's it, true. But it's true. It's true. Yeah, it feels real until you wake up. Damn. You can imagine something without moving. Anything you can imagine. They already did studies of this where they hook you up to your brain waves and your brain is more active when you're asleep than when you're awake. And furthermore, if you imagine and visualize you can elicit all the chemicals, all the hormones and everything as if you're actually physically participating in that which you're imagining. That's mm. crazy. Imagination, a nation of images, Ooh. your mind, daydreaming. We call it all kinds of different things. Guess what? That's called meditation. Mm. Meditation literally means to ponder. To ponder means to think. You're meditating all the time. That's once again, something that is a big misnomer. I need to meditate a certain way. You're, if you're thinking, you're meditating. I do what's called all day meditation where, I'm all, where for the most part throughout the day, I'm focused and tapped into a certain reality. That's not this reality. Yeah. If you don't do it, you don't, it sounds like I'm just talking a foreign language. <laughs> no, I know. If you know, you know, I know what you're saying.
Oh man, yeah. It's it's weird though too, because like once you get to that other perspective, you still have to play the game. You still have to be this character in the movie. But it's like in the back of your head, you always know that you're just a character in this movie, or you know you're just you're just viewing the movie. It's the same thing. You're the character, but you're also viewing the movie at the same time. But without that conscious perspective, you're just there is no there is no other perspective. You know if you don't have if you don't have that sense of uh, this is all an illusion, then you get sucked into the illusion. There's a lot of inertia. You know, there's a lot of pain and you're suffering and woe is me. Is this going to last forever? Why is this happening to me? And it's just, uh, it just sucks <laughs> to put it simply, you know, but when you can kind of see through your own, your own self, you can see through your own suffering and that dude, that's peaceful. You know, well, who doesn't want that? That's why I think this is this whole self-realization thing, putting it simply is so important because it eases people's suffering. It eases my suffering, at least. You know, any kind of shit that I go through, because I still go through shit in my life, and I assume that you do too, and so does the listener. We all go no, through shit. Absolutely not. What do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm allow, allow you to speak, but you said so. I wanted, I definitely want to clarify that for sure. Okay. Well, I was saying it eases our suffering to have a different perspective. But what are you going to say? I, are you, I want to allow you to complete your thought. Honestly, I don't remember where I was going. <laughs> you, you can go. You say, you say we have things going in our life or whatever. Like we have crap going in our life or whatever. Yeah. So we have, you know, we have the, the drama of life that we have to put up with. And then once you kind of can reach a, a certain kind of uh, perspective on your own life, it, it eases uh, it eases up living a little bit. It's kind of like puts you more at peace with the stuff that goes on in my life, at least. And the happenings. Um, and that's once again, that's a different level of consciousness. Just speaking for myself, I don't view reality as good and bad, evil or good, God and devil. I don't view reality like that. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I don't polarize my existence. Therefore, I don't have quote unquote bad days because I don't have good days. I just have days. Yeah. You said it, and they all say it attachment is what calls suffering. I'm not attached. Therefore, I don't suffer. Because you have a so, different perspective, right? It, it's a it's a state of consciousness. It's not me just I can I'm not there's no fly way I can say it. I'm just going to repeat what the ancients said, but I'm yeah. just saying based on my experience. I just had my fourth solo retreat in Tennessee and I share with them the attendees. I was like, I've been really upset two times, literally two times in the past five or six years. Literally, where I'm physically upset and my language is that of upset two times in six seven years or so that's pretty good literally not saying it just because it sounds good literally that's because i don't view this reality like a human i'm not attached to them i'm not even attached to my children they're their wow. own beings mm. and I'm, i have the, i have the pleasure of having a 21 year old so i know that i'm not tripping or this is like some kind of fugaziness that I've tricked myself into. I'm literally seeing my 21 year old son. We work out regularly. We dialogue. I'm, you know, and we're he's we're in each other's lives. He don't even live here, but I'm seeing just the way we raised him or whatever, not adulterating him and putting our views on the saying you need to do this and you need to do that by just allowing him to be. He's just his own beautiful being, mm -hmm. and I'm not attached to that. And I'm not going to, and I don't, and I'm not like, oh, you need to do this or you need to be like that. And a lot of times as parents, that's what we do. We project what we wish we would have done. You need to go and finish college because I didn't. You need to go work here because I didn't. And me and his mother, we never done that. We just allow him to be and let him know that we're there for him. And by doing that, he grew into his own being. And our other two children will as well. And I'm not attached to the outcome. Because a lot of people be like, oh, you did good as a parent. But what if your child ends up, you know, in another kind of way? Did you do something wrong? How can you have two children? One turns out to be a successful lawyer and another one's a drug addict. Same parents, same household, same opportunities. Because we get attached to their outcome. Oh, look what I did. I put them through school. I, I, I. Most humans, in my opinion, based on observation, are very egoic. I, I, I. When someone transitioned or died, oh, I didn't get a chance to do this. I didn't get a chance. I missed him. 
we're very self-centered is a human condition. I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying, based on my observation, that's what most humans do. We're very self-centered in that way. Yeah. Once again, I do my best not to be like that and to really view this as a God or Buddha or the enlightened one. Yeah. Would you, would you, would you be shocked if Jesus was a real character and he was just sitting on the internet complaining about humanity? Would you be shocked if Buddha walked into the store and said, I can't believe these flipping prices. Oh, I got to put this mask. I can't believe this crap. Do you imagine Mohammed coming like, oh, man, my relationships suck, man. I can't get a job. You wouldn't imagine these evolved beings having human conditions. Yeah. That's the whole part of spiritual growth. Mm. You don't view reality as a human. There's, I, I can say 20 million ways, but until you live it, you would never know what I'm talking about. Not you, but I'm just saying humanity. Yeah. Wow, that's a really good way to put it. I like that. That was good. Yeah. That's why they call it transcendence, man. You transcend this like humanly vessel, you know, human emotion. And yeah, man. It's nothing oh. new. That's what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> my in my reality, I'm very boring. It's all about simplicity. Mm. And that's why I just why I tell people spirituality is not about adding things, it's about stripping away things. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Spirituality. What is that? The absence of physicality. But yet we know spirit and energy is in everything that's physical. But when you're on a spiritual path, that's why they say I lose things. It's a, de it's a destructive path. It's not about adding things. It's not the books you add and the crystals you add. It's the things you get rid of. Mm. You're rid of your attachments, rid of your self-centeredness, rid of your ego to a certain extent. But we all have an ego. But we get rid of those negative thoughts, not fake it till you make it, literally not having those negative thoughts. When I have challenges, quote unquote, I know I've have challenges, quote unquote, that most humans would view as blocks and be like, oh man, why is this happening to me? I don't view it that way. Yeah. Usually when I have a block, it's some sort of energetic imbalance. As long as I balance the energy within me, guess what? The block removes itself. Mm. It's really simple. You have to go within. Your external environment is a direct correspondence to what's going on internally. As within, so without. A skin disorder is a blood disorder. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like these are simple things, but we want to change the outside. We live in a society where we want, we want to treat the symptom. What's the cause? The cause is your state of consciousness, the way you view reality. Once again, that's what separates every human. We all have 24 hours. We, if you're able-bodied, you all have limbs. You all have a brain. You got a pineal gland. You got all these different things. We share all of that. What we don't share is our consciousness. That's why you will listen to somebody if you feel like they have something to offer. Oh, he's saying something I don't know. That's good information is what we'll say. That resonated with me. Right there showing you how we're energy beings. That resonates with me is the derivative of frequency. It just shows that you're on the same page. Yeah, I'm of the mindset that you can't teach a human anything. You can only remind them of what they know. Oh, yeah, I like that. That's why I don't put myself on a pedestal and think I'm some fly guide or teacher. I don't view myself that way. I'm only sharing, in my opinion, commonsensical things that the ancients have been repeatedly saying for eons. It's nothing new under the sun. Mm. I just disseminate in my own unique way, probably. Yeah, you definitely have a unique delivery, that's for sure. <laughs> I think a lot of people can resonate with that, for sure. Man, that was good. I like that. That was a great explanation. That'll stick with me for a while. I like that. If Jesus was on here, would he be complaining? <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> gas is $5, man. I got to tell my father gas is $5. Yeah. It raises the price of fruit. <laughs> you know, like people complain about these problems, like just make more money. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of complaining about gas and food and stuff, just make more money. Mm -hmm. Money is man made. You're a man, so go make it. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Just make more money. <laughs> Simple solution. The mm -hmm. end. Problem solved. You're not going to change gas prices. You're not going to change the grocery store prices. What can you change? Yourself. Your amount of income that you bring in, the way you view reality. Yeah. Start growing your own fruits and vegetables.
simple stuff. If you eat meat, go hunt your meat. Just change the way you view reality instead of complaining and playing victim and be a God and a creator and create an opportunity to better your existence. Mm-hmm. Really simple. Amen, man. Amen. That's what I like about your explanations. You're simple. Dumb simple, bro. I try to sound, I try to, once again, when I first started teaching, quote unquote, I try to sound articulate and I could, I know the big words and know how to sound scholastic and scholarly and stuff like that, but that's not my natural delivery, you know? So when I first started, I thought you had to sound this way or whatever, but I found out and peace and blessed be upon him. Dr. Delbert Blair, who's a, is a historical metaphysician um, from Chicago who made the transition some years ago. He said, the truth doesn't take long to explain. And oh, everybody that's wise says you should be able to explain it to a child. I literally believe in my heart that I can explain uh, probably some highly evolved occult and metaphysical principles and make it where it sounds dumb, simple, where you can, where a child could really comprehend it. Yeah. Because I, I do my best to speak about only things that I know about. So if you know about something, you can easily explain it. If, I, if you had to explain to somebody how to get on Zoom, I'm sure you can clearly show them how to get on Zoom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to use a lot of words and um and whom and hollering and uh, go here. And it's going to be all these long drawn out things as opposed to, oh, log in, go, you know? Yeah, exactly. Simple. If you know something, it should be very simple for you to articulate it. Mm-hmm. Do you think these... Uh... I guess you could say universal truths are like in our DNA, like they're in our being hidden laid over, you know, generations. And they're just kind of, uh, they're just waiting to be unveiled to our consciousness. I think the universal truths were here from since the inception of the universe. And it's, um, it's akin to like um, gravity. It's like, it is this, even if you can't explain it, it's still there. You know, it's there. Mm. So on the sub on the subconscious level, I like the way you explain that. On the subconscious level, we know all these things to be true. So let, let me explain like the levels of consciousness in case you in case people watching don't know. You have your conscious, which is your straight awareness, which you're aware that we're speaking right now, or you're aware that what day it is. You have your complete awareness. Then you have your subconscious, which is right below your awareness, but you can bring it up. Like where street you grew up, who was your first teacher? Um, what did you eat last week? If you think about it, you can bring it up. Then there's your deep subconscious or your unconscious. And that's the stuff you cannot think about. You can't bring up whatsoever. They're like certain past lives because your deep subconscious or your unconscious is a protective mechanism. Because say that you had a wife that in the last lifetime you murdered them and you're laying with them knowing that every night, man, I murdered them in the last lifetime. So your unconsciousness is there to protect you. I believe we all know the universal principles on a deep subconscious level. And for those who have raised our consciousness and elevated in our consciousness, then we know these consciously. Mm, Well put. I believe that too. There's a a certain reason that it, it resonates with us when people articulate certain things. There is, I think there's a certain reason why it resonates and it's because yeah it's hidden just hidden in there latent for us to unveil yeah enlightening right you bring light it's like it's like that's what enlightening is you bring light to these things and you shed light upon these this universal truths that we have you know you know what you didn't know before that's what a light does when you go into a dark room you see nothing but if you have a flashlight you see things that were already there they were already there but now you can clearly see them or you're consciously aware of them. Yeah. Mm. So what do you think after, you know, these quote unquote universal truths are unveiled to us? What is it? What do we do with it? You know, what, what, what happens after, you know, chop wood before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. And then after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Is there, is there almost like a, uh, an obligation that someone has to fill after this happens? It's like a it's like a cheat code to a game. If you play a sport, say you play basketball, you can know the regular rules. And then there's masters of basketball like Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, et cetera, et cetera. 
that know the nuances of the game. Mm. They know the inner workings of the game. So if you're if you're a poker player, it's called thinking on the second or third level. There's people like just trying to get a match or a pair. Then there are certain people who are calculating odds and stuff like that. So in every industry, in every genre, there are surface level people and there are masters of that particular genre or sport or something like that. So we're all humans going through this reality, but certain of us can see the matrix coding. So we can see the universal principles. It just gives you a cheat code of the game because now that I know that all is mine and mine is all, when something happens to me, all I have to do is have a different vantage point in order to change that thing. I know this is a cheat code, it's built in. Law of mentalism is immutable. You can't change it. It's going to exist whether you know it or not. So once you know it, it gives you a cheat code, best way I can put it, on operating in this game of life. Yeah. Yeah. It starts to feel like that, too. It's like it starts to feel like a game. You know, once again, the law of polarity is mutable. Therefore, you can change it. So the way I consciously, no one taught me this, but I just said, you know what? I'm going to stop using good and bad, black and white, Republican, Democrat, left, right. I'm just going to stop doing that. And I have a lot of, you know, Republican friends that I started golfing a few years ago. And they're hard Republican. You can't tell me what's wrong with the world right now is Democrats are running it. That's that's their view. And that's fine. You know, and I share a lot of Republican views, but I don't consider myself a Republican. I don't consider myself a Democrat. And like I explained to them, I've never seen a bird fly with one wing ever. Mm. So I'm not left wing or right wing. I'm the whole wing. I'm not a drummer flat. I'm the whole wing. <laughs> That's good. Do you, do you foresee a world where we're all in that wavelength of the God creation and then we create almost like this better world? No, there's Absolutely, like the, Absolutely there's, not. So there's like, there's supposed to be almost like this aspect of uh, not being awakened, I guess you could say. What if this is the best there is? What do you mean? What if this is reality? What if reality always has been this way and always will be this way? What if there'll never be worldwide peace? What if there'll never be all enlightened beings? What if there'll always be poverty, sickness, murder, rape, pill? What, what, what if that will always exist? From my research, it always has. Mm. So who am I to say that it's never going to exist? What if it never was meant to be like that? I do know that there are other planets that are more evolved and there are no violence. There is no jealousy. There's no hate. And I know there's other planets like Mars. There's a lot of violence. I got you. But Earth, there's there's supposed to be this disparity. Maybe it's always supposed to have been like that. Mm. Just a yeah, thought. I'm not saying I'm just, you know, putting the thoughts out there. I'm not saying that's conclusively true. But even though I do believe that wholeheartedly, but there's no way for me to substantiate that and verify it. Mm. Yeah, I feel that. That makes sense. Once again, change your consciousness and you view this planet differently. Mm -hmm. I see everyone as a spark of divinity, therefore I treat them as such. Amen. When I look at someone, I see myself. If I hurt you, I hurt me. If I steal from you, I stole from me. If I mm -hmm. cheat on you, I cheat on me. Yeah. That's what helps me. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like we were meant to come here on Earth to to realize that, like to come to that realization of uh, that there is no separation, that like what you do to others, you you truly do to yourself. It's like this is a, this is the giant lesson planet. You come here to learn the lesson and then I guess you move on to the next thing, whatever the next thing is, who knows? Yeah, if they, they the most common um, analogy of Earth is a school. Yeah. Usually metaphysical, spiritual people like to say Earth is a school. And with every school, you graduate. And once you graduate, you don't have to come back to this school. <laughs> That's true. I believe enlightenment is a form of graduation. Then you have the opportunity to evolve and incarnate into, let's just say, higher planets. I'll just put it like that. Mm. But I do believe there are certain avatars and certain um, teachers and certain leaders that choose to come back here and they don't have to. Sort of like a person going back to their alma mater and um, volunteering. I believe there's a lot of spiritual teachers that are alma mater, like the earth is their alma mater. They already graduated. 
They just came back here to teach. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. I believe that. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Mm. Oh man, this is good. I like this talk. Um, I don't know. Do you got any last words? I think we could probably wrap it up pretty soon. You got anything, <laughs> anything, anything you want to say? Uh, no, honestly, just once again, like I share with everybody, it is um, it's a privilege to be able to share, you know, spiritual concepts, you know, mm, it's a privilege. So I'm honored to be on your show and, and to have the opportunity to share, you know, just my feelings and thoughts on things. Yeah, seriously, I'm honored to have you. And actually, one last question. What is your medallion that you're wearing? Um, this is um, called a Words of Power medallion from mm. Tybro.com. Uh, essentially, it's... um a way of using magic words. Let's just put it like that. Um, Dr. Gibson is a very um, highly evolved master on this planet. I consider him my most influential spiritual teacher by far. Him and um, a brother by the name of Brother Panic. But Dr. Gibson on Tybro, T-Y-B-R-O.com, he has a bunch of um, spiritual technology. Let's just put it like that. Um, medallions, um, um, conscious elevating material, MP3s and stuff like that. But this okay. is a words of power medallion. It enables you to use um, uh, magical words. Let's put it like that. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to check it out. Yep. Oh, well, yeah. Thanks for coming on here. Uh, thanks for anybody that listened. It was a very, very uh, fruitful talk. Uh, definitely going to go have to digest this one after. <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah. Thanks again. And peace out, man. All Wish right, you all peace, the best. Bro. Yep. Peace.